I'm from this. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that. Dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that. Dirt. Gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, Mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll like the trailer, I'm flossing. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Them cold kind, we're tossing. They know I came to wreck it. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And uh, Matt, back here <clears throat> in studio and uh, nothing, nothing from you guys. We don't Let's hear see. you. Let's see. Hello, hello, hello. Let's see here. Nothing still? Oh, there I got you now. Now you got me? Oh, there you are. Now you got me? <laughs> there we go. Hey, we're all back here little, now. A little rusty. <clears throat> a little rusty. Yeah, a little rusty. Been a little while. Um, let me see if I can get the right one. Yeah, something there. Uh, <laughs> no, back here again. Uh, Matt, we, we, we christened the new studio last week. Yes, yeah. um, so obviously, like we've said, we've still got some work to do. Got to get some cameras put up. Got to get some things working. But uh, back here again uh, in Hayden, Indiana. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the basement, turn four lounge, uh, doing the podcast. We got our buddy Ryan back with us. I text oh, Ryan yeah. today and I said, man, we got to get you back on the podcast. I agree. I was guess, see him. I ain't seen him forever. Guest number one. He was guest number guess one. Guest number one. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back again. I know. I feel like this year is literally just, it's gotten God. away. Like, it's oh, yeah. just, uh, I sit down and look at you know, where, where we've been and what we're doing and where it's just like, man, like what is going on? Well, the, this is the funny thing. You say you haven't seen him. This is the first time I've seen him in, yeah. <laughs> in a long while. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. it's been, we've, we've been, um, busy, 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 busy. And then just in different places and now it's good to get back together. And yeah. I, I love the new studio. A lot of potential here for sure. Yeah. We got some oh, good yeah. things going to come up and, uh, let's jump in right here though. I, I, I kind of, we, we really have no plan tonight. I put that out there. Well, I was going to say, we might be the new good luck charm. Who did, well, we, who did we talk I, about last week? That's what I was going to go in right away yeah. with the weekend recap because, you know, we talked last week. My, my good buddy, Alan Magner, came into the shop. We got some t-shirts we're working on for him, some, some really good looking t-shirts. And, uh, you know, his, his comment to me was he was tired of chasing the other Fresh Prince machines because... You know, Peden and and Tyler Neal have, or excuse me, Tyler Collins um, have been on it. And he said he was tired of chasing the other Fresh Prince machines. And then shout out to him. Yes. Magner gets it done at Scottsburg on Sunday. Good and, for him. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, I, that track is always a crapshoot uh, when you only race on it one time a year. If you're part of the Scott County Fair Board and you're listening, you're screwing up only using that track one time Amen. a year. Amen. Um, well, and I would like to add too. I hate the date, July third, July. Awful. This this past weekend, if you're listening, don't race on this weekend. It's terrible. It always has been. Well, I like July third, but I don't think they should be racing down there. From a yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are you, fifty one? Fifty one. 
Oh, it was his birthday? It was July <laughs> Yeah, happy, happy belated birthday. birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. But no, like, it's just, uh, we see it on the, the broadcast side. Like, this weekend is traditionally oh, yeah. the worst to have a race. Now, granted, there might have been crowds. That, like, I, a couple of the places we had, you know, on, on broadcast this weekend had good crowds, and that's awesome. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I would love to I get back to I think it's a Scottsburg. struggle for the racer, though, because, yeah. you know, we've all dedicated our lives to weekend after weekend, and sometimes you have to try to find that weekend that you can dedicate to family. Absolutely. And that's, that's and, a big weekend. you know, July 4th, you can go camping, you know, there's fireworks all over and yeah. well, and the race twice. And I think yes. that, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I don't want this to sound in any way, shape or form. Like I'm taking away from Mag's win on, on Sunday, right but on. yeah, car count was not where anybody would want it to be either. Even Magner would say that. Um, but I think that's tough. I think that's tough to turn around. You race Saturday night at Brownstown. You got to be back on. I know we talked last yeah. week, you know, Mags talked the next couple of weeks. It's, it's twice a week mm-hmm. um, for several weeks here. And, and like he said, I know, uh, shout out. I appreciate it, Mags. He, uh, he sent me a text, invited me over for a pool party on Monday. So I don't think he was washing the car on Monday. <laughs> so obviously washing Tuesday and trying to get turned back around here for this weekend. But you know it is tough, and I think yeah. it's. I think that's where you see with gas at six dollars something a gallon. With you know what people are having to try and decide. I think you're seeing a lot of racers making that decision. I'm racing one time this yes. weekend. Yep. Yeah. And that, that again, like even from our perspective, I know that we've got a couple messages about you know broadcasting Sunday. I'm like we're we're tapped. Like I don't have anybody to send. You know, obviously with Salem with the the firecracker two hundred, that was you know a big priority for us that weekend and. Uh, it just it's just a lot to for everybody to get done from every yeah. you know drivers fans you know even the promoters you know I, I i have it's you know i don't mean to sound like we're throwing them under the bus for you know scheduling because it ain't just here like it's everywhere like everybody is, like we yeah. it was just it was stacked all weekend and just too much going on but yep. nonetheless a lot of good racing this past weekend i feel like and um yeah let's go back i want to talk ryan i know you followed it a little closer we we talked a little bit about it last week but obviously the hoosier dirt cup which one of the coolest things is that, you know, Kyle and Brexton Bush followed the, the, the Hoosier Dirt Cup tour this, this past week. And one, one thing I thought was really cool, I had no idea of, I did not know that Kyle Bush's wife was a Purdue alum. I didn't know that either. Um, I didn't. I can't say I know that either. Yeah. If you followed along on Brexton's page, I believe it was maybe Friday, <laughs> he spent the day at Purdue and he had posted, got to spend the day at Purdue, go Boilermakers. My mom's, a, you know, at school. Um, so I had no clue, but but really kind of cool to see that Indiana connection again. And, oh, yeah. And him coming back in. Um, but just just cool to see those guys competing. Right. Uh, you know, I think that's that's a big reason right now where, you know, so much, you know, personally my focus right now is, is on the micro sprint stuff. And I know there's, you know, some of our, our regular listeners, you know, the late model guys and then our regular Brownstown, our local guys, like they've not seen me and they've seen a lot of, of our direction going towards micros. But that's just, you know, there's a lot of popularity right there and, and you know, it's very cool to see Kyle. When I walked into US 24 on Saturday, um, literally as soon as I walk in, you know, you've got Kyle and, and Samantha. They're sitting there in lawn chairs, at, you know, at the back of their enclosed trailer. Brexton's playing football with the other racing kids, and they were just sitting there, chill as could be. And I thought, man, this is just awesome to, to see them out of their normal 
you know, their busy environment, just being able to chill at the racetrack. And I want to say for Kyle's perception, it has really changed for me watching the way he is with Brixton. And, and you know, I can't say I'm a Kyle Busch fan. I love watching him race. The, the talent that he has is unbelievable. Obviously, Kyle has had his temper tantrums, his, his issues, his, his things. But going back to even when they raced at St. Louis, the Cup Series race at St. Louis, and they were in Missouri doing some dirt stuff there with the micros, you know, he had Brexton walk around to every competitor he raced with and handed tickets to the Cup Series race on Sunday. Very cool. Like that, I think, you're, I think people are seeing a different side of Kyle Busch as a dad. Yep. And the yeah. problem is, he's just that fierce of a competitor. And we all know sometimes our best sides don't come out when we're a competitor. And say what you want about Kyle Busch, he wants to win more than anybody. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I've gained a ton of respect for the guy, uh, you know, over the past few months because we've, you know, been fortunate that, you know, we've broadcasted several of Brexton's races so far this year. And, and you know, Kyle and his media guy, like, I'm going through emails one day and like it says Kyle Bush and you think, Oh, that's some kind of spam. And like, no, it was Kyle. He was wanting this, you know, wanting footage of his son, you know, and they, he's all about it right now. I mean, he is totally 110% into the Brexton and his career. And man, I'll say like, you can say money, this and money that, but Brexton's a good driver. Like that kid is going to, you know, I think he's going to shake things up. Well, and important to remember too, this isn't Kyle's wheelhouse, which is why I love Kyle going out and racing with these guys. Kyle ran legend cars. He was a pavement guy in Las Vegas. He was not a yeah. dirt guy. This isn't Tony Stewart out there in a micro sprint, you know, cherry picking, which Kyle Busch has been accused of cherry picking in the Xfinity and truck series. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking away from his talent, but this is not his wheelhouse as being in a sprint car, even a micro sprint right. on dirt. Well, I had to laugh because then it was, it was yeah, Friday night. Uh, US 24, he flipped his dick off, you know, in, in turn four. Walk in there Saturday, his car's not unloaded. He's done. Like, he's he just thought, well, I'm going to take it easy tonight. Just coach I got road, yeah. road America on Sunday. Yeah, like I need he, to. he took the night off, so it was just kind of funny to see. But, you know, and, and again, I know what you're saying with that, that micro stuff, but, you know, Ricky Thornton Jr.'s up there. I mean, there are these guys are into this stuff right now, and there's a lot of competition there. I do want to say, too, though, and I know we talked a little bit again last week, but a big shout-out to Parker Perry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And Paxton Perry. Paxton getting his first start. I know I saw that he had a flip during the Hoosier Dirt Cup, and uh, they were really excited. It didn't phase him whatsoever. He was right back. But, you know, Parker taking a step up, and, you know, I, I love um, the post that his his dad had uh, for one of the heat races, and because he – Parker raced with uh, Kyle Busch in one of the heat races, and he had a great post. Uh, if I can find it really quick. said, I wish Parker could have had at least a couple good cards in his heat. All he has is last night's feature winner, Tuesday night's feature winner, last year's Hoosier Dirt Cup Outlaw Champion, and a NASCAR Cup Champion, plus a few other good ones. This is a kid from North <laughs> Vernon, Indiana, and he's racing, you know, Kyle Busch, a NASCAR Cup champion. The, again, going back to Kyle. Well, he goes to Hayden Elementary, man. Hayden, <laughs> you know, you can hate <laughs> Kyle all you want, but Parker Perry's going to remember that the rest oh, of his yeah, life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, I'll say one thing about Parker Perry. Go back to, like, do yourself a favor if you're not subscribed. I'm not trying to just get subscribers here, but go to US 24's um, Saturday night race from this past weekend and watch Parker Perry. Like, I was, you know, I've, I've seen him race, and I always thought he was oh, yeah. pretty good, but it's like all of a sudden something in the past, like, I'm going to say in the past month is just, like, popped, and he he was, like, a totally different you know, driver, I felt like. I mean, he, he was he was on it. You talk about what Brexton is, and don't I'm not taking away from anything from Brexton. If Parker can combine a, an aggressive streak, he's he's clean, he's smooth. If he can get to where he'll stick that car in places, Parker is gonna be a kid to watch oh, for the coming coming years. Yeah. Uh, then, if we want to talk a little bit of uh, you know Brownstown, uh, the P three of Steve Peden does it again on Saturday night, and uh, I can't shout out Steve enough. You know, Steve's a good friend of the show, and uh, I usually only give Steve shit, but um, you know, I, I mean it. I, proud of where he's gone. I know that you know he invested heavily into this this new capital and what they're doing, and uh, you know he's got it figured out right now, and it's it's working for him. So proud to see where he's going. But the big race of the weekend, the Firecracker 200 there at Salem Speedway, and uh, obviously, again, if we're just talking business-wise, pretty good day for us. Uh, the two cars with the Race Clean sponsorship on it, Ryan finished one and two, but I I know there's a pretty strong family connection there for you with the Caudill brothers, and uh, that's pretty cool to watch that happen. Yeah, no, that was uh, – it was a good day for sure. Uh, you know, it was – the last day of, of, you know, like basically five days of broadcast for us. So I was ready just to be, you know, done. But to see, um, you know, Jeff, he, he's had a lot of speed here lately. And, and, you know, see him out there running with those guys and running up front. And uh, I don't know, it got down to like 15 to go. And he had taken the lead. And he was really, really good on long runs. And uh, sure enough, they had a caution. And he just couldn't get fired back off, uh, you know, where he needed to be. And, um, you know, his brother Scott was in the 20, and Scott had been sick, and he made it to lap 100, and uh, Will Kimmel filled in for him, and Will ends up going out and, and, oh, yeah. and winning. So um, definitely a good day for those guys. Good to see all their hard work pay off. And and it was, um, you know, in my recent memory of, of Salem Speedway, uh, it's probably the best race I've seen. <laughs> like it was just, I mean, it, it was phenomenal. And, I mean, if you got to step out of your own car, if Will Kimmel's standing there, that's not a bad guy to have no. climb in. Because I guess, like, Will's been helping them get, get their program together, and then, you know, they've they've found a lot of speed. And I guess Scott had been sick, and he said, uh, I guess Will was there working on the car, and, and he said, man, like, you might have to get in the car this weekend. And Will just kind of shrugged it off, like, yeah, whatever, he's not getting out of that car. And you know, Scott was fast anyways, and it came to, like, lap 100, and I thought, I bet Scott doesn't get out. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, sure enough, we, you know, they came to the break, and you see Will, Will walking down the pits with his helmet. And, <laughs> um, so they switched off. And then what was funny is uh, Will just assumed he was going to, you know, take Scott's place in the, the running order, you know. Like, you know, Scott was running, I don't know, top 10, and Will threw a fit because he didn't get to go out there and start where Scott you know, I was going to so, ask what the rule with that was. Yeah, that I mean, the tail or, to me, or like that's that's a fairly common sense rule. You switch driver, you go the tail. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, I mean, that's 
so that there's a little bit of drama there. It was kind of just funny, but um, but you know what? Knowing Will Kimmel, it's probably the best thing that ever happened yeah. because it lit a fire. For sure. He probably <laughs> he probably wouldn't have drove the way he drove from the back if he'd have started in the top ten because yeah. then he was on a mission. So now and again, the you know the Caudells both um, just cool to see them get that opportunity and do that and. Uh, We'd be we would be mistaken if we didn't also mention the legend Frank Kimmel's um, induction into the National Motorsports Hall of Fame this cool. week as well. And uh, I mean, if you grew up in Southern Indiana, um, you know Frank Kimmel, Steve Kinzer, you know, oh, yeah. you, they're they're two from the non dirt late model world, but. Frank was everything in Southern Indiana and, and the asphalt racing world, and uh, uh, pretty cool to see him get get that honor. That is very cool. Yeah, there's a lot of. Um, he probably still holds the most Arca wins, don't he? I would have to think so. Like it was. Um, I mean, it, I don't know for sure, but I, I don't know, know where time, it's at either. But I thought he was like yeah. miles away from second place. Yeah, I, I know, like, growing up, like, obviously when he was here in Seymour, uh, or racing out of Seymour uh, with Terry Shirley yeah. and those guys, like, uh, you know, we spent, you know, Dad was, was friends with all those guys, so I, the majority of my childhood was spent over there in that shop, and <laughs> we got pictures of with Frank and, and all the different cars and stuff he had through the years, so it's definitely, definitely cool to see. He is still the leader. He is at 80. Um, Arca wins. His first win was May... 22nd of 94. His last win was October of 2013. Um, second is Iggy Katona, who was in the ran from 53 to 74, yeah. um, was 79. So he got him by one. But then the next is uh, 49. So yeah, okay, no one's even in the ballpark with, with those. Yeah. So. Man, you talk Salem Speedway and, and Frank Kimmel, and I wish I could go back to one of those old Arca days with when you had Kimmel and like Tim Steele, and of course Steele Whittemore would. You oh know, yeah, Bill, and and of course just all the other good you know Arca drivers that came through there. I mean that Salem Arca race was was literally like you know that it was a must see event, like truly. Like growing up, we didn't miss the, the two arc races at Salem. I don't care what was going on. I, I was the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy how you know how quickly it does fall off there. But you talk about Tim Steele. Tim Steele's at forty-one. Bob Keselowski uh, just passed away, but twenty-four wins. Um, Ken Schrader, eighteen wins. I mean, then you start falling. Benny Parsons has sixteen in Arca. Mark Martin ought to be in there somewhere. Um, Mark was such a big ASA guy, too. Yeah, I forgot like, about him yeah, running ASA. I would yep. like to see his ASA win. Right Tied Dillon, nine. Tied for 36th place. Yep. Then you start getting into some of these Ty Gibbs. Yeah. Jeff Purvis, eight wins. Um, Justin Allgaier, eight wins. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so let's see what... Well, Purvis, I mean, he did good with he Phoenix Construction left the late models and went to Arca with him. Yeah, so yeah. he had a pretty good record no matter where he went. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Twenty four races uh, in ASA and two championships for Mark Martin. Yeah, so that number two car that he drove in yeah. ASA. So we had hit a lot of ASA races at, at Salem too. And yeah. 
I'd have to, I, I'm, I'm sure mom and dad have them somewhere. Um, you know, they, um, we had all the autograph cards of, of, you know, uh, yeah. that was a big thing. Like you go to the front stretch and like, I had like Jimmy Johnson's ASA, you know, yeah, sign yeah. card. I mean, I've got all that stuff somewhere. Um, but you go back through some of those names that, that came through there and, and ASA and ARC and all that. I mean, it was, it was cool. It was, uh, definitely good memories. Oh, absolutely. So here's something I, I came across, um, today and this is Mike Roofer's super late model performance ranking. So this is from last year. This is November of 2021. And this is his top 100 super late model drivers. Like all time? No, just for the year. Oh, current. Okay. So he has um, basically a system that he uses to rate each driver. Um to come out with. And so he came up with just looking at his top five from last year, 2021, Brandon Overton came out number one. Um, he had 86 feature events with 30 wins, which is just insane yeah. to think of. Davenport came in number two, 85 events, 27 wins. Brandon Shepard, number three, 99 events, 16 wins. Number four, and I think this, again, to even be in this list shows what this guy is, Kyle Larson, the number four in the power rankings of last year for dirt late model drivers. And you can you can sit here and go, how is he even in that? 21 events, four feature wins. Oh, yeah. Tim McCready rounded out the top five. There was 71 feature events and nine wins. Looking down, though, at some of our local guys here, that I was I was really impressed with how they kind of came out. Number eleven, Tanner English, mm. um, and and he talks in a previous article about how he does all this so regional guys still can can rank. It's not just about running Lucas Oil. Um, number twelve, Hudson O'Neill. Looking at one of our our local guys here, um, I was impressed too. Billy Moyer, still at 42. Not Billy Moyer Jr., Billy Moyer, still at 42. Um, Devin Gilpin, though, at 55 here for a local guy. So some of these local guys making this, but I thought this was an interesting list. And when you look at trying to rank, so this is what I'm asking. Um, okay, so this is the SLM performance ranking. Um, has its origins from the A-team ranking developed by Sam Holbrooks in 1996. Um, it is a national ranking for open motor events that pay a minimum of $2,500 to win. Each driver who makes a feature will earn a mathematical formula based rate on built on performance, competition, and durability. The final ranking is based on rate and logic rules that reward racing more, um, Nothing in the rate, rank, or logic is subjective. It's all numbers, math, and rules. Huh. So, but I think it's interesting, you know, the, the number 100 was Steve Casebolt um, as well, but I think it's really interesting to think about that. Is Scott James in there? Uh, let me look. But when you talk about $2,500 to win, that used to be big money in oh, open yeah. motors, but that is not... Uh-uh. The, yeah, that... that that's that not much you, to write home about no, anymore. That gets you about four supers and <laughs> how many <laughs> crates, you know. Uh, Scott James, Scott James. 
Scott Bloomquist, this was kind of crazy. 80. <laughs> Which, again, that's just well, last given, year. Yeah, given by last year's stats, that's probably. Yeah, he was in a struggle. Yeah, I mean, he's still. He's one of those guys, though, like, you know, uh, you when you look at the Eldora Million, like. You can't really mount. Yeah, there's not one person that walked in Eldora Speedway and, and, and truly 100% knew that Scott Bloomquist was not going to win that. Scott race. James was not in the top 100, uh, wow. which is shocking to me, honestly. Um, and one thing, like, there's another. 70. I was say, Lanigan's had some good yeah. stats. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still yeah, number still 70. Well, one list I've been following that I, I found interesting, especially this year with, with the way – uh, you know, dirt late model racing, there's so much money out there. It's the earnings list that Jackson Braun had put together. And uh, obviously Davenport topping that list at $1,331,994. Like, that's that's where we're at sitting here, you know, 1st of July. Then you drop off to Chris Madden at $541,000. You know, and, and what's cool but, but is – But time out. So – Chris Madden is number two at $540,000. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing to think about. Davenport won a million in one night. Right. Two nights, if you want to say, with the pre-races. But Madden's, Madden's at five hundred k and yeah. didn't win. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's just cool. You look through this list here, and they, they've got, uh, you know, there's 18 of them here so far. Like, But there's eight racers over two hundred k 20 racers over 100K this year, and 32 are over 50K on the season so far. Now, does the earnings count all the contingency awards they get to? Is that all that? Or? That I don't know exactly how they've got this. I don't know if they just list it strictly off a of purse. I'd have to research that. But, huh. but uh, you know, one name on this list is cool to see. A couple of names, I guess, is, uh, you know, Chris Ferguson setting at 240000 on the year. Like, Good what a him. career, you know, just that's a life-changing uh, season season for, oh, for yeah. a team like that and then another one that i i notice um you know or a couple here would be like dennis herb jr ricky thornton jr uh i mean they're sitting at like 140k on the year where's you know? mikey marler mikey marler is at 207 he's eighth on the list that's so, <laughs> i mean that's just it's just crazy to see where where things are at right now and um you know that that's this is is I don't know if we'll ever see another year like this because obviously I, I don't see the million coming back for a while. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I know everybody likes to talk about XR and if they're going to stick around or what's going to happen there and and you know who knows? There's a lot of unknowns and you know the, the Lucas and World of Outlaws are ever changing. I mean, there's just a lot of instability out there right now and. Uh, it's been an amazing product for the drivers this year and us fans. I oh, mean, absolutely. it's it's. Um, it's been fun to, to keep up with and um, hopefully it, you know, hopefully we can kind of keep that momentum going for the next few years, but it's hard to say next year what's going to happen. I think a lot is going to depend on, you know, not trying to be that bearer of bad news, but economy, gas prices, the supply chain. I mean, I feel like yeah. I'm amazed that we're still kicking things off the way we are right now with yeah. what fuel prices are, tire shortage, you know, part shortages. So that has got to get figured out. And I understand for somebody listening who's not a race fan, there are much bigger things that we're dealing with. But for racing to really continue to grow, we have to have that stuff. Oh, yeah. 
And I, I don't know. I, I kind of go against the grain slightly on 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 all of it right now. Is like I don't understand the whole tire shortage thing. Like that's a different. I mean that that might truly be a problem. That's just keeping races, or, you know, canceling races and and all this. But man, I just racers are going to race. Race fans are going to mm-hmm. they're going to get to the racetrack some way somehow. You know they're going to bitch about it. They're they're not going to pay a bill. They're they're going to get to the race. Oh yeah, they'll they'll <laughs> they'll lose their house before right. they'll oh, not make the and racetrack. That just it goes to show how loyal this you know wh- why we do this, what we're doing. I mean, that, there's just so much passion there. But uh, you know, I, I know it's hard, and it's easy to sit here and say, yeah, I, you know, it's. But you see these tracks now; they're canceling due to heat. They're canceling due to this. Like I know these guys; if they're risking tens of thousands of dollars each night to put a race on, like I, I, I understand that you know wholeheartedly. But I just there's been some instances this year out, you know, across the country. That's like, man, like. Well, I think a give lot a of that too reason. is give us a better reason. I, I think a lot of that too is I think it, it's a byproduct of what. We have seen, like I just said, when I, I read how they rank this, $2,500 to win right now for an open motor is, is crazy. I mean, I'll, I'll give a shout out right now to Paragon Speedway getting ready to put on, you know, $5,000 to win crate show. You know, $2,500 for a super, you're, like you said, you're going to get four supers that are all local and, yeah, we have, and uh, they're really not, crates. they're really not supers. Yeah. They're, they're just open motors and a bunch of crates. So I think what you've seen is to keep up with the Joneses, I got to be putting ten, fifteen thousand dollars down to win. Well, then you're in that gamble of I promised that back in yeah. December. I've been looking at my crowd. Well, I don't know what yeah, I'm gonna make that happen. So can you I go have, start finding everything. I mean the, right. the the septic tank is backed up all over the place. <laughs> I mean you find anything and everything to make sure you're I, not out it. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I guess that's, you know, I, I could catch some, some help for it, but I just, I don't like seeing some of the excuses that we see. Like, I just, if, if I'm a track promoter, I'm going to be a little more creative, I think, of, hey, like, maybe just be honest to say, look, here's the deal. Like, and I think this has been a product, too. You've seen these summer nationals races canceling, you know, not, you know, we know one particular track why they don't have a summer nationals mm-hmm. race anymore, and that's because he was sick of losing money on this event and and uh you can't blame him for that and but i just i see some of these excuses out there like man like be more creative like maybe air the situation out like look we put up 10k we're only going to get you know maybe be a little more transparent that's what i wish i I agree with that people would respect some of these decisions just say yeah we can't make this happen financially like i'll see a facebook post from some you know random track and and Egypt, whatever it is, you know, somewhere in the in the country, and and like, it's dry in the infield, but the track's yeah. all wet, and we've got it's, a it's a pop out. up shower that just hit the track. Yeah, it's hot out. We're not racing this weekend. Well, I'll tell you what I'm seeing too is some of the smaller traveling sponsors. You know, the groups promise a whole bunch of the track, and then when it comes time, they they don't follow through with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean the economy and business is definitely you know it's there's there's a lot of that yeah. that goes on, and then. Uh, I won't disagree with that at all. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's just this business right now. It's hard oh, for yeah. everybody, regardless if you're top, bottom, middle, oh, you yeah. know, where you're at. So, so I do want to, I'm going to take a, a kind of a hard right turn here, but um, I just happened to see this today and I want to give a shout out to him because, you know, if you're looking for something cool and I don't know 
how many of our listeners maybe know what Cameo is, but Cameo is a uh, an app, a website where celebrities, uh, I plan on getting myself on there here pretty soon, uh, will create personalized videos uh, to send out for you. And, and there are all different kinds of people here um, from all different walks of life and things, uh, you know, just pulling up one here to try and find somebody that people might know. But uh, most of them... Well, here you go. Special Ed from Crank Yankers, if you're a Crank Yankers fan, (laughs) way back in the day. all about Crank Yankers. (laughs) He's $100 for a personalized video. So, I mean, a lot of these um, very, very high cost uh, to what you want to do. Are you on Cameo or OnlyFans? What what (laughs) side are you on here? (laughs) What kind of personalized video are we getting? Special Ed is not on on OnlyFans that I know of. Uh, But... So, for instance, LeVar Ball, CEO of Big Baller Brand, uh, $133 to have a personalized video from him. Um, Mateen Cleaves, $75. So, some of these guys, Bill Self, the head coach at Kansas, $200. Um, So, just kind of crazy some of the prices. But I want to give a shout out here. Chase Briscoe, our boy, has joined Cameo, and he announced it today. And if you watch the uh, the video he introduces, he really wanted to do it as a way to interact with fans. And I got to be honest, Chase, I at first was like, yeah, sure. If I can get $200 to record a 30-second video, I'm in. Chase is charging $35 a video. He has to be one of the lowest ones on wow. there. Um, and I got to give him credit. I do think it's really truly about him interacting with fans and helping build uh, what he does. So this isn't a has-been. This isn't somebody who's washed up. This is a current NASCAR Cup Series driver. So if you're looking for something to you know, excite your kids or uh, you know, build something, Chase Briscoe, Cameo.com, $35 personalized video um, that, that he will send. So just had to shout that out. Like I said, uh, I was impressed that it was only $35 for, for Chase's time. Very so cool. very cool. So another thing I want to, I want to transition to and ask you guys uh, opinion of, um, and I'll be the first to say that I have not, I've not seen Top Gun Maverick yet, but I, I have, I've heard strong rumors that the next remake for Tom Cruise will be days of thunder. The question is, does Days of Thunder need touched? No. That's my opinion as well. I think it's a money grab. I I do too. I think that it's a good idea if you come up with a solid sequel that follows like okay maybe don't don't touch days of thunder come up with a badass sequel where cole is now the car owner right. yes i could yes. i could yes. i could get in behind that let's give us a good sequel and, and i'm in but it, it doesn't need to be a recreation no, it no. is it but it i'm i'm worried now with the success of top gun maverick that they're just looking at anything that Cruz has been in to redo. I wish yeah. they'd redo Cocktail before they redo. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Days of say, Thunder. I watched um, um, Top Gun the other night. This is the original, and like I, it was so good. I don't want to watch 
That's what I did. I'm good. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. like I, I don't need to see, like... No, just go back and watch right. the original. But I will say it would be cool for, you know, the sport of, of auto racing in general to have a new movie that's not Talladega Nights, not, you know, something that, that sheds light a little more on, you know, some kind of, of good story. Uh, I mean, yeah, we all like Talladega Nights, but it's if you sit and look at it, it's it's making fun of. Oh, it's of absolutely racing, making you know? fun, and and which is funny. We all laugh at it. We all still use the jokes on a daily basis, almost. And uh, I mean, it is what it is. But if they're going to do it, I just hope it's it's a, some sort of sequel, and it just builds off of you know uh, what the True Days of Thunder was. But you know. Cruz's character was based at, based after Tim Richmond, yeah. In, in the original Days of Thunder, yeah. So, so I don't know, yeah. like in today's world, what you can base stuff off. Or I, I don't know what you can, um, you know, <laughs> you gotta be careful nowadays. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. gonna be interesting. I had kind of seen something about that possibly, but I really hope uh, they leave it alone because yeah. you know, like Dustin said, some things just don't. have to be. Yeah, because that was my thought. Is I, I wanted to watch Top Gun, like the re, you know just kind of yeah refresh the the old version, then then immediately watch the the new one, and I just I don't know, I don't really have desire. So I'm I'm with you on that. I, yeah, I have I w- I first wanted to go see it, mm-hmm. and then uh, is it going to disappoint me because I liked right. the very first one so that's much? That's what and, my my fear is, and that's you know if the Days of Thunder thing is is a thing, then you know I. I feel like we're going to be way more critical of, of you know, even Top yeah. Gun. You, you're going to be more critical now because, uh, you know, there was things that if you go back and watch Days of Thunder, there's stuff in there now. Like, it, you know, the first time you've seen that movie, you didn't notice and it wasn't corny or yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You watch it now and, you know, the way society is and you think of things differently and it, oh, that was kind of corny. That was oh, yeah. whatever. But so I don't know how they can re you know remake thing remake it to make it as good, but we'll see. I guess. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's Dustin think? What's his? Well, I think it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I will say this. You know, as you just said, with your and I don't. I, I had to walk out and let the dog out. Uh, but. Uh, as you said that it was based on Tim Richmond. If you're looking for kind of a crazy sequel plot, what if you wrote the next one about the Jeremy Mayfield story? Mm, right on. Okay, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, just thinking about somebody to kind of loosely base it on that. And not have it such a happy ending at the end. No, it could be, yeah. <laughs> be a, a shit ending. I know me and you both have... <laughs> kind of jumped on that bandwagon with him and you know after uh, watching uh, Dale Jr.'s download and I, I've almost like struck up a whole new interest in that I like Google YouTube videos all the time on it and and everything we can, you know I kind of feel like there there's more to that story than really is getting out even on his podcast tour and, and I think you know I think that that the Dale Jr. download did a really good job with it because I don't know I don't know if he ever did meth I don't know yeah yeah. I don't know that we'll ever know. But he put enough doubt. But that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't know if he ever did it or not. But I know this. Even if he was, there was dirty shit on both sides. Yes. And there was there was cover-ups and there was, there was an agenda towards him. Um, and the funniest part of that whole thing was when he said that he gave Ray Evernham 
a picture of his wife at the banquet when he was going through his divorce and man was sleeping with someone else. I mean, I just can't imagine being Jeremy Mayfield standing at the Everham Motorsports Banquet. You hand a freaking framed picture of your wife to your boss. I love it. I mean, that's that's who Jeremy well, he is. He was very vocal about, you know, Ray Everham Motorsports because, you know, he was calling Ray out for sleeping with one of the drivers, which ended up now is his wife. Yes. You know, and he was vocal about that, and he felt like that's why they kind of blackballed him is because he was, you know, telling tales out of school. And I mean, when you listen to, you know, the, the raid was the most interesting part to me when he said they was looking for a piece of stolen metal and they was going through his cereal boxes. And, you know, you can't do that. That Yeah, yeah I agree. That was, the, that was the wildest thing is when you're looking for a, a, a 12 by 24 inch steel plate and you're looking at my, my Wheaties box, like not going to be there. And when they took him and told him to unlock his gun safe, but then told him he had to leave the room for them to search, that's a no-no also. I mean, yeah. that's absolutely no-no. And uh, So yeah. I guess I've missed this. Set. So they did an episode on the Dell Jr. It was a two-episode series. Yes. Yeah, I've Mayfield, been living under a rock. So. Mayfield, <laughs> Mayfield goes through everything and from it, the get-go. Yes. I mean, he is... Like I said, and he pulls no punches, man. It's his one yeah. side of the story, but he well, tells he got to lose. He tells the yeah. good, the bad, the and I mean, he like I said, he sits right there and says, "I I took a picture of Ray's wife in a in a limo. She told me to frame it and give it to him at the Christmas party, and he's like, I did it. And like even Dale and those guys are like, Are you an idiot? Like, do you not see what's going? He's like, Well, I don't know. They're like, you had to have wanted to get under his skin. And he's like, well, yeah, you know. Like, I mean, he's very upfront. Like, he made mistakes. He did things that, that cost him opportunities. But there is enough doubt. Well, he said when he went to court, he had all these legal papers, and he said there was like 24 pages from NASCAR that wasn't even involved in the legal action stacked on top. Like, they had to go through all that mm-hmm. to get – like, NASCAR was like, we're going to bury you, and you're never going to get unburied. And a lot of that had to do with Bill France and, yes. and the way Bill France looked at him. And, yeah. and you know, and, and he said it. He said, I was the guy that didn't want to go to Bill France's parties and kiss his ass, basically, and, and play the game. And, you know, you look back, and he brings up some of those other guys. You look back at the way Jimmy Spencer was treated. And, you know, again, as much as I love Jimmy Spencer, Jeremy Mayfield had more talent than Spencer did. Yeah. Um, but those guys who didn't play by the rules, if you weren't at the elite amount of talent, you got shuffled out real yeah. quick. I mean, Absolutely. guys like Stewart and guys like Kyle Bush and guys like Dale Earnhardt that don't play by the rules and don't you know, kiss your ass, they make it because, damn it, they're champions and you run them out of the sport – they'll be doing something else and make you look stupid. Yep. Guys like Jeremy Mayfield, yeah, that doesn't happen. So, I just hate that in general. It's not so much a, a racing thing. It's more society than anything. We've, we've killed everybody's, like, you can't have a personality anymore. <laughs> you, you can't be a real person. And see, I've always thought that's what builds it is. It sports, is. you know. I mean, like – uh, we're just so quick to judge somebody and, and throw them like just totally just in the corner if, if you know it doesn't fit society's you know perfect picture right now and it's like man it's just there's so much many storylines out there that could be happening and, and society's changing so quick yeah. you know go back to the greatest of all time Muhammad Ali 
if he is saying the same things today that he was saying, this is, this is what's crazy for me being a history guy. He was saying it at the height of the civil rights movement. Like he wasn't even supposed to have a platform to talk and he's making the statements he's making. And I'm not even talking about the political side. I'm talking about just, he going to fight, you know, whoever, Sonny Liston. And he's, he's making, but if there's an athlete out there like that today, we would destroy them for being cocky, overconfident. You can't come out and say that. You can't do that. That's ridiculous. Come out and say it. Go get it. I I agree. And I'm not by any means, I I don't want to say that I'm a a Bubba Wallace fan, but what I do like about the dude is like, he'll run his mouth. Like he's, I don't agree with everything he says, but he's not afraid to, to, to be himself in some way, shape, or form. That's you what, know, you know, Rush Astin, him. Right. And, and even Kyle Busch. Yep. Do I think Kyle Busch whines about shit? Yes. Yep. But does, does, you know, I don't But like, would I rather him whine and say it and put it out there? Or would I rather him just, hey, I just want to thank M&M's yeah. and, and Joe Gibbs Racing and, and go to his trailer? Yep. I want to know what he's thinking. When well, he's the, pissed off, right. I want to know. And you, you get on Facebook after a Kyle Busch interview, and it's, uh, look at how many posts, how many tweets on, on Twitter. You know, he his name's out there. You yes. Know, you can't tell me that he's not smart enough to know that, okay, if I, I know if I go in here and I give kind of a, you know, whatever interview that at least my name's out there. People are looking at me. My sponsor's out there. Well, know. it's even funny to me how Kyle Bush is viewed. And again, I'm not naturally a Kyle Bush fan, so I'm not here to defend him all day. You go back and play a lot of his sound bites right up against my favorite racer of all time, Tony Stewart. They sound very similar. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. There were some people that called Tony a whiner at times, but not like they call Kyle Bush a whiner. I mean, go back to Tony. I mean, Tony would sit right there. Let's turn him around backwards. We didn't wreck enough today. Like, Yep. He's whining about everything, whining about tires. Let's get rid of Goodyear. Let's get who's you can get on YouTube right now and pull up the best Tony Stewart sound bites. There ain't a one that he's not bitching about something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or calling an interviewer out for asking that question. Yes. Yeah. That's the yep. stupidest question I've ever been at. Like yeah. So, but we have and we're, and we're missing that though. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We're missing it so bad. Yeah. You're missing the Jimmy Spencers that are just real, that you don't know what they're going to say, yep. you know, and that's what, that's what you got to get back to a little bit with all of this. And, and, you know, it's, but it's tough too. And I understand as, you know, a business owner, even on the small scale that we own a business, um, I understand that Mahindra Tractors is worried, you know, Chase Briscoe steps out and says something that that puts them in the hot seat because right now with the, the culture we live in and the cancel culture, you can't mess up and say something wrong. And you know, that's what I think is, is so awful for a lot of these guys, you know, that, but you're exactly right. That's how you, that's how you build a brand is, is by being that guy that'll step out and say those things and, and do those things. So. Well, you you talk about Kyle Busch and, and I don't know if any, like I'm a little bit out of the loop. I don't keep up on it, but I assume he's not got a ride yet for next year. Has he? Not yeah. yet. So I honestly don't feel like he's overly worried about it either. You know, I, and I, if you listen to the in car at road America, it doesn't sound like he was real pleased in there. That's what I mean. Like being of the race, you know, right. And you know, and it's always funny to me, like people like to, like to connect. Like, obviously, Chase Briscoe is a great fit for Stewart. 
both Indiana boys, both came up the hard way, blah, blah, blah. We can talk about all that. Clint Boyer was a good fit. Kevin Harvick's a good fit. We can talk about all about that. But if you think right here, because you don't like Kyle Busch and he's a whiner and he's this and he's that, you don't think that Tony Stewart would sign him tomorrow? You're insane. Oh, yeah. Because Tony's a winner. Yep. (laughs) That's bottom line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, Tony is Tony, but he's looking for talent too. And, And Tony's not afraid to hire somebody he'll butt heads with. Yep. Him and Kyle will go round and round, but guess what? They'll be damn good too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you go back and look at some of those those years with Greg Zipadelli and those on the box. Stewart and Z, they went back and forth with it. So, you know. Yep. I, I think I think sometimes we wanna we wanna decide who who fits and, and I think no, Kyle Bush is not worried one bit about where he's gonna end up. Yeah. I mean he's He'll either end up with a ride or else he's he's made enough other opportunities in his life. Like, I'm sure, yes, he wants to be driving, but, you know, I, I've been drinking rowdy energy drinks here lately, and they're pretty damn good. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I, he'll, he'll end up with a ride no yeah, matter what. He'll survive. Well, and this is the thing, too, though. Like like you just talked earlier. This was before we even went on the air when, when we talked about the new car in NASCAR, the next-gen car, and what it's done. That changes the game for a Kyle Busch, too. Let's go back to when Stewart left Gibbs to to create Stuart Haas Racing and get his ownership stake. Does a Kyle Busch say, I don't need to be at Stuart Haas, you know, Joe Gibbs, Hendrick. Hey, Trackhouse, let's have a third car. I've got an ownership stake in it. I'm now an owner with Justin Marks and, and Pitbull. That's it. But with this new car, he can go jump into that kind of stuff and be competitive right out. Well, that's what Kislowski yeah. did. Absolutely. You know, that's. And I think that's what you're going to see so much more of is how do we build that that next step of, of these. And, and that's the best thing that could happen is not having these dominant. You got to be Hendrick, you know, Roush or Joe Gibbs. Yeah. To win. I'm glad that it's it's. Kind of went a different direction. Glad to see that that it's you know shook the shook things up a little bit and created some opportunities for guys. And um, but yeah, you know, I agree too. I think Kyle Busch will be racing next year, and and all will be well. I hope he hits a few more micro shows though. Kind of enjoy <laughs> that. So I was trying to see here. Not it. I kind of like this new. Or I don't know if you know we've done it on purpose, but I, I kind of like this cruise the the internet you know theme we've got going here. Just kind of cruising around and yeah, figuring it out. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I was trying to see here. I we, we talked about Davenport and winning the million. There was somewhere where I had seen the breakdown by lap and what the payment was because it is the it was the richest, richest yeah. racing purse in in history right um if you take it by the the miles by lap or, because by even lap though or miles or the indy 500 was. was like 3.5 million but if you take it by the laps ran the eldor million was actually more per lap it's like 13 grand per lap or really? something um and I may be even low on that, but I, I was trying to figure it out. 
Eldora million. Can you imagine being JD when that that check hit the next week? I'm curious. Uh, Did like, they pay it all at once? I don't know. Well, <laughs> That's what I'm still trying to figure out. I would assume it all got paid at once, but I just wonder how how it all got split up. That was my, you know, I know that they've all got the other percentage and everything, but because the original, the Donnie Moran one, was 50k for 20 years. Okay. I guess I didn't realize I that. I didn't either. Yes. Yeah. So that was the original Eldora Million was not paid fought, out. I'd have fought that. I'd have been like, Earl. Earl on, did man. not like, pay it out like that. I want my million dollars, man. So that's why it was such a big deal to bring it back yeah. after that all finished. But it was 50000 guaranteed for 20 years. So he just finished up. Well, obviously Earl's no longer around, but Donnie just finished up getting paid off for his. That might have helped out his taxes too, though. Okay. 100%. That's how I'd want it to. Yeah, it's too. not, yeah, not a I'd million say. right off. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, obviously, like, Flo had, you know, I, I'm sure they put up a lot of, of that money for that, that deal. Um, so, I don't know how they would, would want to set that up. But um, that's interesting. I did not know that. And if I'm JD, I want the full check. I, I want it all. Because what if we get five years into this deal and – Somebody croaks, you know, kicks the bucket, and then you didn't have your million bucks. <laughs> the winner's share of the Eldora million fifty fifty was ninety thousand. Uh, One hundred twenty four super late models were entered. Nine hundred thousand dollars was the difference in payout between first and second place. <laughs> We're well, still finishing second, taking home a hundred. 100K is not too bad. No. I've been happy well, with that. That's the dream win. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's. Yeah, a lot of money this year. Like, going back to that list, I mean, it's just. Who did uh, finish second? I don't know. Nobody knows. Like, that's the thing. Like, everybody yeah, knows JD won. And, and uh, I don't know what. Um, Devin Moran was third, I think. Yeah. I know he finished third. I don't remember. I want to say it was Madden, honestly. Huh. I do want well, That'd be why he'd be second in your winnings. Like, I could be – I mean, that was just a total guess. But I, I want to say that Madden huh. was second. I don't know. You got it. You got any kind of results there? Oh, I, I can just, pull it up. Say we better prove me wrong somehow because – Yeah, this is pretty cool just – I'll say if there was a a site that was Chris dedicated, Madden. was it Chris Madden? Okay, I was yep. gonna say if there was a site that was dedicated to dirt late model racing, <laughs> so we might be able to find this information. You know <laughs> what? That's a that's a million dollar idea. You know, it's more like an eight million dollar yeah, idea if you ever come yeah, up with it. A few more than that, yeah. And still, you know, talk about it. I know I talked before the 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 Eldor Million that I was pulling for Devin Moran just because I thought it'd be so cool to see Donnie and Devin both win it. But Devin comes in third there. Um, in the feature, and again, that's just wild to think of what those two have been able to do. The other big news uh, coming out of the weekend for sure um, is the the move, the merger, I guess you would say, um, from Mav TV to now Mav TV being presented by Flow Sports, and uh, I mean, obviously, I know that. We don't always like to talk about our competitors in the uh, the broadcasting world. I 
like to consider them competitors. But um, I think that's a win all around. Yeah, definitely for the race fan. It's, um, you know, I, I could – you've opened up a topic that I could sit here and discuss all night. But, uh, you know, for the race fan, which ultimately, like, it's, it's awesome. Like, uh, we can watch – Pretty much everything, you know, especially late model wise, uh, you know, outside of World of Outlaws, which, you know, I'm not taking anything from Dennis Serb Jr. that's dominating this year, but there's really just not much going on with the World of Outlaws. I don't feel like it's just, um, you know, it's a little bit stale this year, but no, it's it's awesome to, uh, you know, as a race fan to see that happen, uh, you know, with Flo and Mav. I think that, you know, in other ways, I, I'm kind of sad to see it happen because obviously, you know, we, we're we fighting against it. Monopolization. Right. We're, we're fighting against that, uh, which, you know, it's a fight that I don't, I'm not saying that we're going to, we're not saying we're going to win it. Like, it's not. No, we're, we're, we're David versus Goliath. And right. We don't even have a freaking slingshot. Right. But, you know, we, we're just kind of on a different business model, I guess. Is Absolutely. What I would say. You know, we're, we're better aligned with, uh, you know, promoters and, and, uh, you know, the, the goals and, and, and their financial, you know, stability there. Um, but I think that, that Mav finally hit the point. They, they had enough wrong with all of their technology and they were overspending. Like they're when they roll in to a show, their production cost is ungodly. Like I went and did a, a live. Like I was just literally a camera operator for a live um, broadcast. You know, running running a camera, nothing else, no other responsibility. And it was five hundred bucks plus all my travel, which is is you know over you know, uh, nearly twice of what a normal, uh, you know, budget should be for that. And then I'm just the one, I'm, I'm literally nothing. They've got their producers and they've got a semi trailer sitting there and they've got, you know, all this, this contracted labor and all this stuff, you know, it's, it's ungodly what they spent to go do what they did. And I think the mixture of that and, and their, their technology sucking with their, you know, their subscription problems and their app and all that, like it finally, it got to the point where they, they had to do something. And, and that's probably the thing. When I say it's a win, it totally agree with you with what it may do in the, 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 the broadcast world. Just the fact that I can now turn on a Lucas Oil late model series race and be confident that I'm going to get a quality product. <laughs> it's to work, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Because that was not a guarantee before. No, and from my understanding, they're going to have the same um, same production and everything for the remainder of the year. Uh, they're just sending it to flow, um, so it's still technically Mav. It's you know they're I know they're already catching heat for cutting support classes and stuff, and that's not flow. You know, flow shows everything. Uh, you know, Mav's still kind of in charge of things. So, and I think that's something you'll see negotiated right. in the off season. Next year will be it'll tell the tale of, of of what happens there. But I think that ultimately, your the coverage, you know, obviously with Rigsby at the helm of Flow, the the coverage you're going to see with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is going to be much much better. Like he's that's their wheelhouse. That's what they know. And they're going to get better storylines, yeah. and and they're going to make sure things work. So, and anytime you can see our good buddy James Moore, yeah, 
that's a positive. Absolutely. Yeah, that's been big big news on our front for sure. And um, I don't know. We're just going to keep plugging along on our little ship until it either sinks or somebody wants to pull us up out of the water. And, you know, so. Well, guys, we're at an hour. It was fun being all back together. Oh, absolutely. It was fun not having a topic, just searching the internet and coming up with what we did. Um, we'll be off next week, um, mainly because I'll be in Savannah, Georgia, drinking somewhere uh, and eating. It's pretty much all I have planned for the entire vacation. So I've not even thought about next week yet. Like, what's I don't know. Well, I do have to share this with you just as I was looking for locations for us. I came across a place called Wet Willies um, in Savannah. And they supposedly have the greatest daiquiris in the world. The first one I come across is called Attitude Improvement. (laughs) It says... None of us need that. No, but it says a tangy orange taste complemented by... 190 proof grain alcohol, <laughs> premium light rum, and premium dark rum. Nice. Everclear with two rums. That will be an attitude adjustment. I don't know if that's going to go the right direction. They also have one called Call a Cab. That's their strongest one. This is the craziest part. If those aren't good enough for you, you can mix them. You can just pick, I want some attitude improvement and some call a cab in one cup. So by next Wednesday night, I may be at Wet Willie's. So we were talking off air about uh, us getting life insurance policies on each other <laughs> we, for our business. We need it before next yeah, week. We need to go ahead and get that signed because <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to have one too many. Um, <laughs> Call an ambulance or call a whatever. <laughs> There's a good chance. Yeah, whatever they're called. and um. Good chance. <laughs> Who knows where I'll end up. So yeah, It'll be in the attitude cab. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope the call of cab's not got lights on the top of it and yeah. a cage in the back. I just don't know how enjoyable that. I, it doesn't even I, sound enjoyable. I like mean, I, once you get through part of it, it probably well, is. I was going to say, you give me, you take. It can't be 25 years off of me. I'd probably be right there. But, <laughs> but this yeah. is my thing. Like, and now this is what intrigues me. And it's probably like $40 for the drink. But it can't be that strong. Like, they can't be selling you stuff that's just going to put have you. Have you ever had Everclear in anything that wasn't that strong? <laughs> that's, that's the that's, only that's, problem I have. Yeah. Even a drop of that stuff oh, is, yeah. is no, awful. I, so, I killed a party one night at the house because. <laughs> you lit the counter on right, fire. I had, to, I had to prove to everybody that Everclear would burn. So I poured it like. Now, granted, it's we had been after it for much of the evening. This the night was winding down, and I said, "No, it'll burn." And the, no, no, it won't. No, oh, it won't. absolutely, will. I poured it on the kitchen counter, lit it, and our kitchen counter is sitting there in the house on fire. And everybody left. I was in the doghouse, so <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> At least the doghouse went on fire. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was it was strong though. It'll burn. So I absolutely. guess if you're going to drink it in a, a drink like that, it's good luck. So, yeah, so we'll be back in two weeks uh, from tonight. And, again, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next two two weeks. weeks. All right.